Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, whatever time of day you're listening to this show at, and welcome to the second episode of the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm currently sitting recording this on a lovely park bench just outside the Cricket Scotland office in Mary Erskine School in Edinburgh. And what an episode we have for you today. This afternoon I've had chats with Grant Bradburn who previews Scotland men's trip to Dubai, Nicola Wilson who gives some insight into the newly launched Wee Bash, ooh that's a fun one to say with the English accent, and finally Abby Aitken who announced this week that she will be stepping down as captain of the Scotland women's national side. She talks about why the decision was made and what's next for her in her career. Before we get going, I just want to say a massive thank you to all your support after the first episode was released. Your feedback is hugely appreciated and shares and likes were a joy to see. But anyway, that's enough rambling for me. On to today's episode. So, Abby Aitken. The Scotland women's team captain announced this week that she will be stepping down from the role. Becoming captain at the age of 19, she's been in charge for eight years and earned 135 caps along the way. I sat down with her to chat about how this decision came about and what she will miss about the role. I'm joined by Abby Aitken here, recently just announced she's stepping down as the Scotland woman's captain. So to begin it bluntly, Abin, uh, Abby, sorry, to begin it bluntly, I'm starting well here, I'm starting well here, she was the one that's nervous, now I'm fluffing my words. Uh, to begin it bluntly, Abby, uh, why has this decision come about? Oh, there's not one particular reason. Um, I've done it for many years now um, and been thinking about it for a while. But I think for me, it's come at a right time. Um, captaincy, in my eyes, has to be something that you give 100% to. And yeah, the the breaks started to, were starting to put on for me and, and I felt that I couldn't really offer much more. Um, it's been the same voice in the change room for the past seven years. The girls are probably getting a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit of a tedious voice happening over again. But yeah, I personally had been struggling with a bit of an injury over the past year, um, not playing my best cricket. Um, and just felt that it's come at a time for me that I needed to step back, give someone else a go. Um, we'll still continue to play and, uh, you know, help be a senior senior player in the team and offer what I can. But I think with the time it's just come for me to concentrate on my game and, and see how I can um, contribute towards winning games for Scotland through my performance. Now, there was a fantastic social media reaction to um, your stepping down. <laughs> it sounds bad, Lacey. You've stepped down. Everyone's congratulating you. Um, but no, there was. There was a real uh, praise. I was just speaking to Nicola about the wee bash, and we talked about... Uh, the job you've done as captain. She spoke with such praise about how much of a leader you are and how, the example you've set. So has that really been such a nice thing to read or has it been a little like, oh, I'm not retiring yet? Uh, I viewed it all with um, very mixed emotions. It was flattering to to have the messages that I did. The emails from teammates were just incredible to sit and read and not going to lie, it was very emotional. But um, yeah, it's... Mixed emotions is the best way I can summarise it. It's it's come at a right time for me. It's something I need to do. I think it will benefit the team in the long run. Um, but yeah, I view captaincy as a, a massive honour and a massive privilege. So handing that over, giving that away is something that's a little bit, you know, it's just hard to do. But um, yeah, I, I just it's something that came at the right time for me. And um, yeah, we'll we'll continue on from here. So I'm going to get you to think about some of your highlights as captain, but we're going to start right at the start. Mm-hmm. 19 years old, yeah. you've been put into the position of captaincy. Yeah. How was that? Terrifying. 
exciting, um, overwhelming, if you were to describe it. Um, I'd played for Scotland four or five years at that point. So I was very young when I got my first cap. But uh, yeah, a little bit rabbit in headlights, I guess. But I had the very supportive um, coach as Carrie. She was my captain. I had played with me for those four or five years that I'd been in the team. Um, so I had a great re relationship with Carrie. And um, when she asked me, I was quite shocked, but yeah, willing to put my hand up and give it a go. Um, definitely couldn't have done it without her. Um, very fortunate to still have Carrie as coach and player at that time. So um, it's safe to say she guided me quite a bit, especially those first few seasons. Um, but she really, really, you know, helped me learn pretty quickly. Um, but having her there in the background, knowing that I could ask questions at any point, whether that was on the field or off field, was crucial. Um, but yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, whirlwind journey. Here I am <laughs> seven years later. Um, captaincy, you have to, you know, learn quickly, as I just said, think on your feet quite a lot. And it's such a, it's such a tough job in cricket to, to do that. Um, there's no downtime, really on the field you have responsibilities but off the field you also do so I really do believe that it as cheesy as it may sound it has helped shape me as a person um I'd describe myself as quite an introvert but captains can't really afford to, to be that person so it's helped me grow confidence um be that person that can actually you know walk into a room speak to people be a bit more outspoken um which ultimately has hopefully benefited me in the long run have you got a particular highlight uh, from your time? Is the one moment you think this was the pinnacle? Is it bad if I say no? I, it's not bad. It's not <laughs> bad at all because maybe that means you're looking ahead and you're thinking, I want my best days to come. Yeah, it, it, not that there hasn't been highlights, so there absolutely has. Um, you know, Thailand was an incredible experience. 2015, recently Sri Lanka being away with the team like that. These are incredible experiences I've been fortunate to be away in many countries and what, what is it what is it uh, uh, even as a captain but what is it like traveling with the girls and being on tour with them and and being the leader but yeah. also just you know being on the coach and having fun with the girls it's it's brilliant you know and it's that's the importance to me that's why I love sport and I love cricket and you know you can travel the world with friends and you can do go on holiday with family but that that feeling you get when you're on tour with your teammates and you're all you've worked so hard to get there in the first place that when you're there it, it really is a special feeling that you get being a sports person in any sport I guess so yeah these experiences have all been absolute highlights what are you going to miss and perhaps not miss from being captain oh interviews <laughs> thank you so much yeah, um, I'm sitting right here it, that that's something that you know I, I being that introvert that I would describe myself as I I really really hated initially um sometimes still don't enjoy them if I'm honest you're doing a great job a you're great doing time. a great job I'm having a great time now don't get me wrong but <laughs> you know it, it's always daunting you don't know what you're going to be asked if you've come off the pitch and you've put in a really perfect team performance it's it's nerve-wracking standing there having to you know defend your team defend yourself defend anything and um interviews are always always up and down um in the last few major tournaments that we've been to um press conferences they're they're very daunting but at the same time it's such an honor to be able to sit in that seat and, and boast about the things that we've done and how proud how proud we are of scottish women's cricket and the great things that we're doing so i always viewed yeah media media interviews as a bit of a mixed bag um god happy <laughs> 
But I think just just the whole for me it is just a representation of being able to be the the person that gets to stand there and 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 yeah speak of the many great things that we're doing and and I, the team that we have of hardworking individuals and dedicated cricketers. I'll miss being able to do that, but I'll still preach it when I can. <laughs> now, life is a delicate nation, and cricket is hard. That's not a tightly kept secret. Uh, can you sh- shed some light? into the challenges you guys have faced and are still facing as a Scotland women's national team? Yeah, um, we are not full-time, so we're amateur cricketers. Um, I think if you look at the teams that are ranked higher than us, um, probably the majority of them, if not them all, are full-time cricketers now, So, which is great for the women's game. That's the direction we want the game to go. I think that the recent World Cup in England and... The past few global tournaments with the women's big bash that you now see, the Kia Super League for the women, it's these tournaments are unbelievable for us to watch and to see how the game is, is growing. Have um, you thought about maybe trying to get down to the Super League and, and getting that into your game? Yeah, I I, I visited um, the, the World Cup final. I went to the What a day that was. Yeah, incredible. And to sit in a packed Lord Stadium and we're watching women's cricket will live with me for a long time. Like, that just that experience was unbelievable um, and long may that continue hopefully that will and that's just becomes the standard now and that was abby aitkin talking all things cricket now if you've been checking out cricket scotland's social media feeds recently you'll know that the scotland men's team will be venturing to dubai and the uae in late november to play in the climax of the i cup and the world cricket league There'll be two ODIs against Papua New Guinea, a four-day I-Cup match against Celtic rivals Ireland, and the final two WCL matches versus Kenya at the start of December. Scotland will require one win from the two games versus Kenya to ensure qualification to the ICC Cricket World Cup qualifier in Zimbabwe in March 2018. I had a walk and talk with head coach Grant Bradburn to preview the trip and to talk about his role as head coach. How important are these must-win games in the World Cricket League for Scotland, Grant? Yeah, well, firstly, hey, thanks for the invite. Uh, really nice to be on uh, episode two. I was uh, kind of waiting for the, the invite for episode one. but That's good to hear. Uh, <laughs> I guess the, uh, the boss took priority, and it was excellent to, you know, to hear Richie and, and Malcolm on uh, episode one. So, hey, cool to be here. Um, yeah, really hugely important. Uh, every game's important for us, and that's the world we live in, in a, an associate cricket. Uh, every game has meaning. Uh, every game has uh, importance of rankings, of qualification, and ultimately um, perhaps funding. So, look, uh, no, no game is, uh, is more important than any, any other, really. Uh, but with the culmination of the World Cricket League uh, in Dubai... Clearly the, the last two games against Kenya are uh, critical games that we would love to win and uh, that's exactly what we're preparing for. I'm just starting to realise uh, what an amateur mistake it was walking by a nursery when you're doing an interview with a microphone but I'm still hearing you loud and clear. In terms of head coach, are you in charge of the overall picture and the, the grand scheme of things? Are you really running the daily routine, the training schedules, what the coaches are doing on a nightly basis, what the boys are meant to be doing when they're in Dubai, or are you leaving that to other people on the team? Are you just kind of 
looking over everyone thinking I'm in charge, I'm the head coach, Grant, look at me go? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're all very much uh, sleeves rolled up in, uh, in this team and uh, I rely very heavily on uh, a quality staff. Uh, we've got a consistent uh, team of four uh, who, um, who've been with the team for a long time and they're, they're hugely skilled uh, uh, you know, coaches and support team and you know we're all involved in uh, making all those decisions on um, you know, bus time pickups, training you see, times. You see that's the thing there's only four of you and I recently just saw the image of the Ashes squad in Australia and there must have been 35 of the England boys. There, there was more people in training gear than there was in the white of the, uh, the team. So <laughs> do you sometimes just think to yourself I wish I had that or is it we're cosy at the Cricket Scotland offers we like what we got? Well, I think, uh, you know, lean is good for us. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes would like to have a little bit more uh, specialist support and we are creative in terms of, you know, providing those opportunities, you know, where, where we can for specialist uh, coaches to come in. Um, but, you know, lean is good too and uh, we know each other as a staffing group. Uh, we, we definitely involve the players as well in the senior player group. Uh, we listen to them and we understand, you know, what, what is needed for the players. So... Uh, for us, it's uh, it's about basically preparing the best we can um, and simulating game time as much as we can, uh, so that uh, when we walk over the chalk, um, you know the players are trusting. They know their roles. Uh, we're very big on uh, just giving the the faith and trust to players of knowing exactly what we're expecting of them. They know how we want to play as a team. Uh, we want to play dynamic cricket, um, so we're very clear on that. You know, we give them clear roles. Uh, we, we give them that clarity of how we want to play as a team and then as they walk over the white line you know we we try and trust them and um, and and give you know, take anything out of their way so that they can just go and focus on performing you're playing a four-day icop game versus the celtic rivals island although maybe there's not so much significance in the match i'm just wondering what's it like to have what is seen as a fantastic rival in ireland not only are they uh, what, what, what used to be a delegate nation now test status I'm not sure if that's a bitter subject or not maybe you're happy for your compatriots but what's it like having a rivalry with a home nation like that when you get to travel and, and play them in a situation is it always a tense affair is it something you and your boys thrive upon yeah, it is. I think it clearly is for uh, for the Scottish players. Uh, it's uh, it's a fantastic rivalry, and uh, it's always uh, hugely competitive. And um, you know, I know that our guys uh, relish the opportunity to to play Ireland. Uh, they certainly back themselves um, to beat Ireland, as we've done uh, regularly over the last uh, you know. Well, in, in history really I'd, I'd be interesting to know um, what the stats are but I'd be surprised if there's an edge uh, to one team or the other um, and uh, look it's, I think with Ireland and Afghanistan uh, being elevated to, te to test status uh, that's a fantastic thing for associate cricket so um, you know it's, it's taken it's taken the shackles off if you like it's uh, shown it's shown uh, all other associates that it is possible um, and you know we're working hard as Cricket Scotland to be that next associate nation uh, to uh, perhaps position ourselves both on the field and off the field uh, to uh, also be elevated at some stage in the future. Just as we're kind of drawing to the doors here of the Cricket Scotland office and, and drawing to the finale of the interview, 
how you talk about wanting more cricket it's it's slowing the development of the players how you know and 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 the ceo and the team at the office is working incredibly hard to get more cricket but how, is it a case of you have to pry to other nations to kind of you know pl- come to the grains let's play a game or we'll go out to bangladesh and we'll play a one day for you or we'll try an i cup game or we want to play a four day we want or is it just difficult to fit yourselves in yeah, I think we need to be starting. We need to be thinking outside the square. Uh, clearly, the full member nations are—they uh, have uh, lots of cricket to play. Uh, they don't necessarily want to play associate nations in case they lose, um, <laughs> which is a which is a real issue that we have. And it's very expensive for associate nations like us to host full members. So we need to be uh, thinking outside the square. I think there's a ma- uh, magnificent opportunity in uh, tapping into our full member A teams. Uh, full members, you know, if the ICC are truly going to develop the global game and the next tier, uh, they should be putting contextual cricket around the A teams as well. And look, uh, the top associate nations would compete very, very well with the likes of um, New Zealand A, Pakistan A, India A, Sri Lanka A, all, you know, wonderful players and great opportunities for uh, the, the top associates to compete against them and have some contextual cricket over, uh, say, a two-year period. I think that's, uh, that's the type of thing we need to be thinking of. How much do you want to go to the World Cup in England? We'd love to be there. And there's no reason why we couldn't be there. Uh, we're, you know, we've got our feet on the ground. We haven't made the qualifier yet. Uh, we need to win at least one game against Kenya and Dubai uh, to uh, get ourselves in that qualifier. Once we're in that position, we've already showed this year that we are capable of beating full member nations. So uh, there's absolutely no reason why uh, if we can get to uh, Zimbabwe and compete in that qualifier uh, that we can't uh, have our sights firmly set on making England uh, our, our goal. I want to see you there. The fans want to see you there. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today, Grant. My pleasure. Thank you. And that was head coach Grant Bradburn previewing Scotland men's trip to Dubai and the UAE this winter. Finally, the Wee Bash. Launched late last month, Cricket Scotland's new women's indoor tournament aims to promote the women's game and have some fun doing it. Played in the fast-paced six-over softball format, it allows clubs, universities and secondary schools to get involved with the game all over Scotland. I had a wee chat with female participation manager Nicola Wilson to get all the latest information about the programme. So I'm joined by Nicola here to tell us about a new initiative and programme running with Cricket Scotland called The Wee Bash. Seems like an appropriate title, so why don't you tell the listeners all about what this, what seems like an incredible programme is? Okay, so um, the Wee Bash is a series of indoor tournaments that we play. It's women's indoor cricket. Um, It's not an entirely new idea. It's actually just a new name for something that we've been doing for a little while. Um, In the past, um, the indoor tournaments have proven to be really, really popular. So um, we were actually sitting in Stirling uh, for the Women's uh, World Cup qualifier this summer, and there was a lot of rain, so there was a lot of time to sit around and have a chat. And um, there was just a few of us, and we got we got talking, and we thought, oh, how can we spice this up a bit, or you know, make it a bit more, a bit more, give it a bit more of an identity, if you like. And um, yeah, you know, you're just chatting away, and one thing led to another, and we were thinking about the obviously the the women's big bash league in um, in Australia that we all watch over Christmas and New Year um, over here, and um, we thought maybe we can do a Scottish version, and that's how we came to the wee bash. 
So you've had a session already. It's running. I know there's a session coming up as well, and it, there's a schedule. It's all out on the website if you want to find out the information. How was the first session? The first session was fantastic. Um, we were um, we were at a new venue, and we're at Hutchison Grammar in Glasgow, um, a venue that we hadn't used before, a venue um, that didn't have a partition in the middle of the hall, and we usually play two games at the same time. So we had to improvise a little bit just to make sure that we that it was safe. It included a very soft ball, but um, but that would absolutely fine. It actually made for a really good atmosphere, and the teams that are not playing like to actually sit around um, close to where the games are happening. Um, and um, we had two brand new teams in this tournament, so two teams that have not played before. One is Glasgow Uni, uh, so it was great to have them on board, and the other club that attended for the first time was Clydesdale. Now, Clydesdale are one of the biggest clubs in Scotland, and we're so excited that they've uh, they finally got their women's section up and running. Um, it was actually led by, by two or three 11, 12-year-old girls who'd been playing cricket with boys and brought their mums and a few friends along, and, uh, and they did really, really well. So it's very exciting. See, that almost wants me, that, that point wants me to bring me on to the next one, which is almost about the spirit and the spirit of cricket and the atmosphere that it brings and the fantastic vibe that we all love and know about the sport. Um, and what I got from social media and the buzz I've heard around the office and people chatting about the Wee Bash is just the atmosphere it has it seems like you say you know normally there's two games or there was one at Hutchison's and people are sitting around there's chats and it just feels like a fantastic initiative that's just getting people involved in sport in a fantastic way yeah so the idea behind it and I think the reason that it's been so popular over the past few years is, is because it's a real social event um, the games are really short, so it's just five over games. Um, there's only six in a team, so you know there's no hassles of trying to get a big team together. You just you know get it through. And even if you've only got four or five players, you just come along and then you say, right, we're one short, our turn to play. Who wants to play? And then someone else will just step in. Um, we would have music going if we could, although sometimes that that's just a little bit too much. But the, the emphasis is very very much on the social on the social side. So fun, relaxed. Um, and, um, and very much um, a, social, um, a social event. If we can find a venue with a cafe, that would be even better because we love a catch-up and we love a chat. So moving on to women's cricket in general, uh, firstly, Scotland itself, it's, it's all over social media now. You've got the counts, uh, there's the big news. Obviously, it's going to help if we qualify for the World Cup. But is it exciting times? It's really exciting times um, at Cricket Scotland, We, um, particularly for women's cricket. So um, I introduced you earlier today to, to the two female development officers. You are lucky Fantastic enough. Fantastic people. <laughs> Fantastic people. You're lucky enough to be uh, in the office on the day that we're all in. So, you know, apart from myself being involved with the, the participation side of women's cricket, we now have Rosie Ryan, who looks after the West. And we have Madison Garland, who looks after the East. Eventually, of course, we would love to have development officers covering the central and the northern parts. Um, luckily, there are some very good initiatives going on already in those parts um, by local development officers um, who look after boys and, and girls cricket. Um, but uh, we've just seen that having having female role models um, is a really big thing for girls. And girls sometimes don't realize that cricket's for girls, too. So... Um, we actually did a wee, uh, wee tour um, around the country, if you like, in a day for Active Girls Day a couple of weeks ago. and we just That was on Twitter. Check it out if you haven't already. 
we um, we visited schools, primary schools in um, in Edinburgh, and we popped across to, Cl- to Glasgow and then back to Edinburgh, and um, and it was just great to see the girls, you know, being particularly engaged with these taster sessions that we were running because there were the three Abby Aitken, um, uh, former Scotland captain, uh, came with us, and and we just had a fantastic time. But again, it has to be about fun. And about, you know, and just a relaxed atmosphere. And for girls, it's really important, you know, to, to do something that their friends can do as well. So bring along a friend, you know, come in a week group. Um, all those things are important. Not that girls aren't competitive, because they are very competitive. <laughs> but Not there is also, there's also a social element to it. So Women's Ashes is on right now. We had England's fantastic uh, home victory at the Women's World Cup um, with Heather Knight captaining, and they're becoming role models. And hopefully when Sports Personality of the Year comes around, who knows what's going to happen with the team award and stuff like that. How exciting was that for you to sit here and have a fellow home nation? How exciting was it to see the potential that this sport could have in Britain? It was absolutely fantastic to see a full house at Lords for Women's Cricket. Um, I am absolutely delighted that the England team um, won the World Cup, although I used to play for New Zealand myself, so <laughs> slightly disappointing <laughs> a tournament for them, but onwards and upwards um, for the New Zealand, for the Kiwi girls. Um, it's it's just really exciting to see uh, the media coverage that we're now getting and also um, just the 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 pay that the girls are getting now and the ability for girls to have a career in cricket and make a living out of cricket um it doesn't seem that long ago that i was playing myself and you know and that was holding a full-time job you won the world cup didn't you Oh, yeah, that's a long time ago. That's no hidden secret. I found that out in the office. I mean, after, we'll allude to that hopefully maybe in a later podcast, but you're not going to get away with not just saying you played cricket. You won the World Cup. Well, I know I, I know that we had to put in a lot of hours and we did have to work full time as well. So that was it was it was it was uh, it was hard work, but but well worth it in the end. Very exciting. Um, yeah, no, as I said, you know, just the way, just the way that, that women's sport, I think, um, is on the up um, everywhere. It's, it's just a great time to be involved with women's sport and particularly in cricket. Finally, just uh, a final word on Abby Aitken. What a fantastic captain she was. And she's going to continue as a player, but how much of a role model was she was for women's cricket, Scotland cricket, and just girls that want to play cricket in general? Abby's fantastic. She's been uh, she's been a leader. She's led from the front, um, you know, in um, in in her um, well in her playing career as well as her captaining career. Um, she's also one of those players, you know, that if you ask, could you come along and talk to the girls? She'd be the first to put her hand up, and that is so important. It's so important. She relates, you know, to the younger girls. I think she just remembers well when she was young and she was playing, um, and how she looked up to players like you know Carrie Carswell and. Um, and, 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 you know, the likes of, you know, Catherine White, all those players that have just recently retired. Um, I'm delighted that she's staying in the game. I think she's got a lot to offer still. She's very young still, so she's got many, many... Well, she started a captaincy <laughs> so young. That's the amazing thing about it. Yes, yes, it is. Um, and, and I just think, yeah, that the role model aspect of, you know, of her, her, her involvement in the game so far has been fantastic. And I know that she will continue to do that um, and... Um, be a role model for lots of young girls outstanding now finally just i, I said finally the before but the, we, we, the one thing we we ham up on this podcast is the power of sport and the power in cricket in general 
I remember when I was at Dollar Academy, I remember I played cricket there, and used to go down the West Approach, and we used to see girls cricket. We were on our way to training, and sometimes we were finishing, and we'd see the girls cricket there. And the fun they were having, even if it was just a quick, quick, a quick cricket set, and it was just a set of blue stumps and a blue bat, and they were just... It, it, it just seems to be this amazing atmosphere that cricket creates. And what are your thoughts and sentiments towards that statement? It, camaraderie is very important in cricket. I think, um, you know, across the game, not only in girls' cricket. Because let's just remember that when we, um, you know, you play a game of hockey or football, you rock up for an hour and a half, you know, say hi to your mates and then you go home. Cricket, <laughs> you sit with your pads on for, for two hours and you might not even get a bat, but you spend a lot of time, you know, with your, with your teammates in cricket and whether that's a short form of the game or whether it's a longer form of the game. And I, I think that that is what makes it so special. Um, and if you are lucky enough to play international cricket or, you know, rep cricket of any, um, of any sort, you will make friends all over the world. If you just play club cricket, you will make friends for life, you know, in your in the area that you play in. And I think that's for me, that is one of the things that is really special about cricket. Oh, what a ringtone. What a ringtone. Oh, well, if that's not a way to round off the interview, that's incredible. Incredible. Test match special. You're clearly a cricket fan, Nicola. You don't hide that, do you? Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank we hope you. to hear much of you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And that was Nick Wilson talking about the Weebash. If you want to find out any more about the programme, head over to the Cricket Scotland website for all the details. So, that's it for today's episode. If you want to find out any more on any of the topics discussed or anything about Cricket Scotland, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, the whole lot. And of course, check the website out. There's some great content to read and look at. More importantly, if you've enjoyed this episode, give us a review. If you're listening on iTunes, give a star rating. SoundCloud, show us some love and click the heart button. Get us shared on social media all over the place. Spread the word of the podcast around your mates and around your clubs, wherever you are. Let's get this thing out there. Thanks so much to everyone on today's show, to Grant, Nicola and Abby, and thank you guys for listening. This has been Ian Leggett with the Cricket Scotland podcast. See you guys soon.